0: The other day, a friend of mine posted something where he was pretty much discerning how he should respond to the crisis in the church and whether he should speak out about certain things that he had knowledge of. And he said that some of his friends were pretty much telling him to chill, relax. And he was sort of trying to discern what he should do, what his role was. Now this is a topic that I grapple with a lot because I realize that sometimes when I want to feel like I'm fighting, so-called fighting, sometimes it's really just about me. So, you know, I gave him some advice on the post and one of his Facebook friends responded to me in a particular way, which is common. So basically what she said to me was, Cynthia Burley, people like you are part of the problem. I refuse to stick my head in the sand like a stupid ostrich. Flaming refusal to speak up is cowardice. Ignorance is not attractive. And when she posted that, I just kind of laughed and I put like a smiley face because this is standard fake fighting on the internet. I have to admit, she probably responded that way to me because I had posted earlier that people are fake fighting on the Internet and it's not really fighting. Ranting is not fighting. When I first became Catholic and I didn't understand what it meant to be Catholic, I was one of those fake fighters. I was all over Catholic Facebook posting threads. If anyone wavered in any way on his faith, I was quick to attack. I was always talking about fighting. We are soldiers of the church militant. We are soldiers of Christ. We must speak up. And for me, speaking up meant posting encyclicals, copying and pasting, you know, showing how strong I was and showing how I was willing to do anything for my faith. The reality is that was fake fighting. Believe me, it's very easy to so-called fight on the internet. That's nothing. What are you doing in your offline life? As I grew spiritually, I became mature in the faith. What I realized is that a lot of the people who are doing this so-called fighting have no interior life, have no prayer life. And I grew to understand that the most important thing you can do is have a prayer life. You can't fight. If you have no relationship with your God, who are you fighting for? Prayer is key. I also think it's quite a temptation when people tell you stuff like you're hiding your head in the sand to say, are you kidding me? I'm a fighter. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? Do you know what I've done in the past? It becomes a temptation of pride. So, when that woman said that to me, I wasn't even perturbed at all, which was surprising. It, didn't even, it just amused me because I realized that a lot of people don't understand what it means to fight for the faith. There are various ways to fight. In a war, there are various roles. You have the frontline soldiers, you have people who work in technology, you have logistics. You have the cooks, you have the people who wash clothes and mend clothes. There are various roles in a war. But most important, in a war, you cannot neglect your primary weapon and your primary weapon is prayer. Welcome to Lifesmithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. The biggest battle we're ever going to fight is a battle against our own passions. And this is a fight that we will fight until we take our last breath. I want to read something from a book I'm currently reading called The Spiritual Combat. I talked to you guys about this book yesterday. There's a chapter called concerning the manner in which we are to persevere in the spiritual combat until death. Yes, the fight is a spiritual one. So let me read. One of the requisites in the spiritual combat is perseverance in the continual modification of our unruly passions. For never in this life are they utterly subdued, but take root in the human heart like weeds in fertile soil. This is a battle from which we cannot escape. Ours is a foe we cannot evade. The fight against passion will last a lifetime. And he who lays on his arms will be slain. So this is a fight that we have to undertake daily. The spiritual arena is where our enemies are lying in wait. This is a fight that we have to fight every single day. Not going on the internet, and arguing with people, or posting gossip. This is not the fight. Our greatest fight is a fight for our own souls. That comes first, everything else after. When you're in an airplane, you're taught that if for some reason... There's a lack of oxygen. The first thing you do is put your own mask on first. And then you help your friend or family member with his or her own mask. Why? Because if you put somebody else's mask on first, you're going to die. And you're not going to be able to help them anyway. It's the same thing with your soul. Your soul comes first. We have one soul to save. And then everyone else. What good is it if you save the whole world, but you lose your own soul? So that's first. Think about war like this. Imagine that you have enemies on your own soil, there to plunder and to kill your family. And then you decide you're going to go off into another country and fight somebody else's war. I mean, the truth is we, we do that in this country sometimes, right? But imagine that. Does that make sense? You're going to ignore the war on your own soil and you're going to fight another war. Our own soil is a battle for our souls. Hi there. This is Cynthia Burley. Please subscribe to Life Summiting with Cynthia Burley on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google. If you listen to us on iTunes and you love this podcast, we would be so ecstatic if you would give us a five-star review. Giving us five star reviews help us to reach more people. Thank you so much, and God bless. We are now all called to be Michael Voris, Christine Niles, and Michael Hitchborn. We all have our role to play in the fight, the fight for our faith, the fight for souls the fight against the spirit of this age, we all have our role to play. So how do you know when to fight and what kind of action to take? After all, we are all soldiers of the church militant, but there are different ways to fight. In The Spiritual Combat by Dom Lorenzo Scupoli, he says, Our peace of mind, when lost, demands every possible exertion for its recovery. We actually never can lose it or cause it to be disturbed, except through our own fault. And I must point out also the name of this particular chapter, which is chapter 25, is The soldier of Christ resolved to fight and conquer his enemies must avoid as far as possible Anything that intrudes upon his peace of mind. There's been times that I've gotten so sick and tired of what's happened in the church, the nonsense, that I've been sick in my heart and disgusted. There have been people who have gotten so disgusted they've actually left the church and went to another faith or became part of a faith that's in why is that because they lost their peace of mind if you find that you're losing your peace of mind in the midst of the battle something is wrong and you need to pull back we have to know when we need to pull back sometimes and replenish right this is why you have some soldiers on the front line they fight they come back some other soldiers replace them Because we do need to replenish our souls. When you get to the point where you're losing your peace of mind. Trust me. It's time to step back. Otherwise you are endangering your soul. Now when you do that. There will be people who tell you. You're leaving the fight. You're not fighting. Don't listen to those people. Okay. They don't know you. They don't know what God's will is for you. They're just fake fighters on the internet. So. Once you actually replenish by prayer, that's how you replenish. That's the energy. That's the juice. And now you have to ask yourself, what is it that God wants me to do? Like I said, we're not all meant to be Michael Voris. Okay. That's not the only way to fight. So how do you discern what you're supposed to do? So Don Scopoli says, quote, we must be on guard against any new desire seeking entrance into our heart. Never permit its entrance until you have completely submerged your self-love in offering this to God. Confess your ignorance and beg God to clarify the matter and show you whether this desire comes from Him or our enemy. If possible, you should have recourse to your spiritual director. Even when we are convinced that this action is prompted by the Holy Spirit, we should nevertheless Defer its execution until our eagerness to do this has been mortified. Preceded by such a mortification, a good work is more pleasing to God than when it is pursued too impetuously. It frequently happens that the performance of the act brings less merit than the mortification. So, you have that desire to fight. Take a break and think about it. Pray on it. And figure out, what does God want you to do? If your mind is troubled, you don't have peace of mind, you need to step back and pray. Because the devil will use that to attack you. When you have a troubled mind, you become weak. Your defenses become weak and there are chinks in your armor. The devil will find a way to enter. This is when the devil will cause your self-love to become inflamed, your sense of importance, your sense that you are meant to go out there and fight and you think you're doing it for God. But meanwhile, it's just your self-love. It's not God. So Dom Scopoli says that when you have those feelings, I want to go out there and fight. And you're ranting on the internet and doing all that fake fighting. Take a step back and say, God, what do you really want me to do? Let the excitement calm down a little bit. Mortify your desire by taking a break and praying. And then God will show you what you want to do. And when you actually take action, you have a clear mind. One thing that's important as a soldier is to have a clear mind and to be able to act in a very calculating and precise way. You want every action you take to be according to God's will and to be laser focused. So you're not going to go in Facebook groups and just start ranting and, you know, trying to show that you're fighting. You're going to take precise action. And a lot of that action is going to be offline. There are things that you can do. So you might ask, what can I do? Well, if you're fighting for the faith, you can do a variety of things. You could be a catechist in your parish, teaching the correct traditional faith. My husband does that. He's a catechist, and what he's learned in terms of the true faith, he imparts to his students. If you have a blog that you can speak about the faith, do so. Speak about prayer, because that's very important. Speak about what's true. You don't have to attack people to actually speak about the true faith. See, there are two ways to teach something. You can talk about what's wrong, and you can talk about what's right. Both are valid. So that's one thing you could do. Talk about the faith. Take action financially. Support those things that support the faith. If you know there's an organization that supports other organizations that take actions that are contrary to the faith, like maybe the organization supports another one that propagates birth control and abortion, then you don't support that financially. Maybe you are the one that are meant to support the Michael Voraces and the Michael Hitchborns. Maybe you are meant to support them financially so they can go and do the work that they were called to do. But most importantly, the way to fight is through prayer and conquering your own passions. Because if you conquer your own passions, you're able to be a light in the world. And that is truly fighting for our faith. So stop with the fake fighting on the internet and really truly fight according to God's will. St. Ignatius of Loyola says he who goes about to reform the world must begin with himself or he loses his labor. Until we decide to reform ourselves we cannot hope to have any influence on our families, our culture, our politics, our world.